It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Locked On Wizards, we recap the Wizards' loss to the Bucks on Tuesday night. And it's a Locked On crossover with Amy Rothenberger, host of Locked On Capitals, to talk about the historic five-overtime game between the Lightning and Blue Jackets, plus the Caps as they prepare for Game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. All that and more right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and uh, tough time right now for the Wizards. They remained winless in the NBA restart as they dropped their fifth straight to the Bucks, 126 to 113. They were led by Rui Hachimura's 20 points. We saw Ishmith finish with 19, and then Jerome Robinson, 15 points, seven assists, four rebounds. For the Wizards, a lot to take away from this game. First of all, the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo was ejected from the game after headbutting Mo Wagner, that play was insane and uh, definitely caused a stir in the game that nobody was expecting for that to happen. But the Bucks were led on their end by 24 points by Brooke Lopez. Sterling Brown had 23. And Frank Mason III had 19 points. Tough time for Wizards, for the Wizards right now. They are continuing to take their lumps as we knew they, they would coming into the restart with such a young group. But you do still see some bright points from this. You still see them learning, progressing. You see them figuring things out on the fly. I think one bright point that we have to take away from this is Jerome Robinson, what he's been able to consistently bring. I know in the scrimmages, he was, he was struggling to, to score. He wasn't able to knock down shots. Yet he has been able to consistently put up numbers. Rui Hachimura, as only a rookie, as we have to remember, he's still figuring things out in terms of his career. And he's, gonna, he's going to grow. He's going to learn. He's still so young. He's got so much potential. And we see him have games where he maybe only finishes with eight or nine points and then games like the loss to the Bucks, where he finishes with 20 points. And Ish Smith spoke post-game about what Rui brings to the floor and, his, and the team as a whole. And he had this to say biggest thing for not just Rui, all of us are just growing. Uh, Rui's a special rookie, man. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated rookies. Uh, his ability to, you know, create his own shot, knock down shots. And, um, you know, that's just another step for not only him, us as a team to grow as a really good three-point shooting team. Uh, so uh, we, we begging him to shoot it, and he's shooting them. And, shoot, he could have shot 13. I would have been cool with it today. But uh, he shot them in rhythm. They look good. And so uh, that's the next step, not only for him, but for us as a team. But but I think he's special. I want him to stay aggressive, really good in transition. Great. I'm, I'm telling you, you got a lot of pieces. So this is a really, really good first year for him. And uh, we're going to try to finish strong against Boston. You're playing the number one team in the East. And even though Giannis Antetokounmpo was ejected, even though the Bucks are playing with a little different focus right now since they've already clinched that number one spot and they are already – in this point, just preparing for the playoffs, you're still playing against the number one team in the East. And so it is. it was a tall task for the Wizards coming into this game. 
it was expected that they were going to have to bring their all. And at moments we saw them struggle to score, you know, struggle to really attack the basket. But overall, as we're looking at this team, it is about who's going to be able to help then turn that corner moving forward. Ish Smith, another one who has been able with his speed, with the way he can ex- explode and attack gaps in the paint and get to the basket, the way he can get around defenders. He is someone that, in my opinion, has also been a bright spot to watch. Just that the way he brings that consistency to really be an offensive threat. I think Troy Brown Jr. is another one with his passing abilities. You know, I know that head coach Scott Brooks has mentioned that they have tried Troy Brown Jr. there as a point guard, but he's not sure if that's a position he's going to stay at. I honestly say, why not? You know, why not groom him to be an, another option as a ball handler on the floor, more consistently getting him involved in running the offense, even if it's just in transition or even a bigger role where he's running the half-court offense as the one. I think he sees the floor so well and finds players in positions to be able to just catch and shoot. You know, he's able to really set his teammates up nicely. And like I said before on a previous episode of Locked on Wizards, my thought process is, now imagine if he's making those passes to Bradley Beal, DB, John Wall. It's a, it's a whole different game. So I honestly, taking away what he brings in terms of passing, he also is able to consistently bring the rebounding and scoring as well. So he's just a balanced player. And then for Thomas Bryant, he has been someone that, has been a presence in the paint offensively. His defense is, of course, progressing, needs to get better, but we see it getting there. You know, he has had some of his best defensive games in the last couple games that we've been seeing. So I think that this young group, although they're not getting the results that they want, you still see them grinding it out and, and fighting and, and really competing each night. Yes, there are moments that could be better, but they're so young and they're still so inexperienced in that sense that there are going to be times in the game they hit a wall. There are going to be times in the game where they don't make the right decision. And as, a pers- as uh, someone that's watching the game and having a perspective on the outside, you know, it's easy to say, shoulda, coulda, woulda, why didn't they do this, that, and this? But at the end of the day, they're learning, they're figuring it out. So for this Wizards team, they do have one more NBA restart game, one game left in the bubble. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out this season as they take on the Boston Celtics, another tall task playing another top team in the East. They face the Boston Celtics on Thursday, starting at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll see what happens. You know, as, as mentioned before, this is a chance just to get players out there, get them minutes, see how they step up to the, to the plate and see what they can do. If nothing else, just to see what they can do. But the best thing that I take away from specifically what I've been hearing from the team and Ish Smith had a, a great line that he said post game after their loss to the Bucks was just how much the wizards have belief right now. You know, everyone's saying, Oh, they've lost every game, just pack it up and go home. But for the wizards, they're like, you know, we're, we're going to get the last lap. We're going to see who's the last man standing. You know, like I've been saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint for this team. You know, right now their goals are more focused on preparing for next year being healthy, having everyone back, having had this chance for these young players to learn, to grow, develop, get these minutes, take their lumps, and now you add back in your top players, it's a whole different team. It's a whole different team. We're not talking just one player coming back. Two or three potential players coming back healthy in D.B., Beal, and John Wall. Of course, we never know what the future will hold for player status in the NBA, if trades will happen or any moves will happen. But let's say they can get at least two of these guys back for next year, and I'm 
thinking they will be able to bring back all three. It's a whole different team. So Ish Smith had this message to me that really just aligns with what I feel the Wizards should be taking away from this and that, yes, you're losing right now. You may have lost the battle, but you're not going to lose the war, that whole concept. And this is what Ish Smith had to say. Well, I mean, I always look at the glass uh, half full and not half empty. Uh, you got to put things in perspective. Uh, we're a team, a lot of young guys, a lot, a lot of young guys. And even the guys who uh, we got a lot of injuries this year, even with the young guys being in and out, Thomas was out, Mo was out, Rui was out for a long time. Isak was in and out of the lineup. Uh, Troy started the year a little banged up, in and out of the lineup. Um, we had a lot of guys we started out with. So I want everybody to look at the perspective. And we still got asked to come here. And then uh, DB and and, um, and uh, well, we was playing without John the whole year. And then DB and, and Brad decided, you know, uh, DB with some things and, and Brad with some things. So, um, you know, the guys, we, we did we did a good job. We're, we're constantly trying to fight and trying to grind. So if you ask me, these teams came here high energy and we competed with the best of them. Uh, it shows how much we have to grow and will grow. Um, but, uh, you know, the morale is high. You got to keep going, keep going. Laugh now. You won't laugh later. So the Wizards will probably get, and, and for Wizards fans especially, and for the players and staff right now as they're going through this low period, we will get that last laugh. And so we'll continue to follow as the Wizards progress. They've got one more game left, as mentioned, against the Celtics, but they're not done yet. The season might be over, but they're not done yet as a whole. It's back to the drawing board. It's time to prepare for next year, and we'll see who gets that last laugh. So coming up, we've got to talk about the Caps. Yes, the Stanley Cup playoffs are here. The Capitals have game one versus the Islanders. So joining us to talk about what's going on in the NHL as we shift gears a little bit for this Locked On crossover, it's Amy Rothenberger. So we'll get into that right here on Locked On Wizards. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. I know you, much like me, have been waiting since March for the return of our favorite sports. And now that they're here, I've got only one thing on my mind, my bookie. It's a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up in one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. Well, my bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Well, be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows how much you believe in your squad like betting on them this early in the season. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. Baseball, basketball, hockey, football. My bookies already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. And there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. So if you join today, my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 Major League Baseball future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you sign up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. So it's MyBOOKIE and enter that promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you sign up. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. 
After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It is a Locked On Wizards, Locked On Capitals crossover here today. I've got Amy Rothenberger joining me, host of Locked On Capitals. Renee Washington here, host of Locked On Wizards. As we get into the excitement with the Stanley Cup playoffs kicking off, starting on Tuesday night, lots to talk about, Amy, around hockey right now. Welcome. Thank you so much, Renee, for having me. It is wonderful to be here. Yes, it's Tuesday night as we record this, and we already have... What I like to refer to on my podcast as maximum chaos. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And that is game one of the series between, and this has nothing to do with the Capitals, but it's got everything to do with good hockey. Um, the series between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets mm-hmm. went to five overtimes. They started playing at three o'clock this afternoon. They finished. I don't know an exact time, sometime, sometime between 9.30 and 10 o'clock tonight, and caused the rescheduling of what was to be the 8 o'clock p.m. game tonight till tomorrow at 11 in the morning. So the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins are going to be thrown off a little bit because they have brunch hockey. And <laughs> brunch hockey. <laughs> this, is, this is the fourth longest game played in NHL history. The Tampa Bay Lightning won, by the way. And it's only game one. This is a a best of seven series that they're playing every other day. And they've basically played the equivalent of two games and two overtimes over the course of six-plus hours of hockey or so. One game. You You can fit two games and two overtimes in six hours if... I mean, and if you've watched any of the ramp up to the actual playoffs starting today, you know that because there was hockey on television from 12 in the morning until midnight every night for a week or so. Um, wow. I, as you can tell, I get very enthusiastic about the game <laughs> of hockey. I get even more enthusiastic about the Capitals. We'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, it's just. I shouldn't say that it was it was exciting to see a game go to five overtimes, but by that point, both you as a viewer and the players really are so tired. Yeah, that's and, a lot. And so it becomes less and less exciting hockey to watch where you're just kind of 
you're, you're watching because you want to. You want to see what happens. Like, And at that point, to steal a poker term, you're pot committed, right? You spent all this time. You need to know how it ends. And so that's kind of the pull for the viewer. But for those players, the Seth Jones, who is the top defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets, played over 60 minutes of hockey tonight. That's a whole game. Usually your top defenseman will get you anywhere between 20 and 25 minutes a game. So he played over 60. That is in itself just so hard to wrap your mind around. And the fourth longest game in NHL history, as you mentioned, it's the playoffs. I think what makes this all so much better is this is day one of the playoffs on top of the fact that everyone's already excited about sports returning, having had this four and a half month pause and delay of sports that we've been anxiously waiting to get back. And here you have an instant classic to get the playoffs started on the right note and to really have this opportunity to watch a historic game. I mean, you don't see five overtimes in any sport that often. You know, you might get three or four overtimes, but five overtimes in, in, in hockey, and as you mentioned, starting at 3 o'clock and not finishing until six hours later is insane. But I, I definitely, the first thought that comes to my mind is, as a player, you know, mentally, how do you stay locked in at, and physically? Because you don't ever play that long consistently at, at, this, at this level, at this pace, especially with it being the playoffs. But it is pretty um, ironic, and I, have to, I feel like I have to make this corny joke of the fact that there was a lightning delay for the other teams and they were unable to play. <laughs> oh. Um, but I'm bumped. If I was wittier, hey. I probably would have delivered it better. But that was like my first thought when you said the other two teams now have to have a brunch no, I, I, on Wednesday. I love I, I love myself a good pun. So <laughs> I, I can appreciate that just as you intended it. Yes. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> so the other the other thing that I thought was kind of funny, and I forgot to mention, but they at one point during the intermission, because they do take intermissions in between all of these overtimes, which is right. part of the reason why it takes so long. But again, the players need that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they need to and go nice. and hydrate and put yeah. some protein in their bodies. Like what's happening physically to their bodies over that amount of time is, again, like you said, something I cannot wrap my head around. Uh, especially because they're going to have to go out in 48 hours and do this again. Yeah. Yeah. That is but going to be very interesting during, to see how during, this series continues. During one of the intermissions, the the folks at NHL on NBC or whatever it was, they put a little spotlight on the people that were running the, the big board in the arena. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but the NHL is kind of, putting their tongue in their cheek a little bit when they're playing when then we're playing without fans. So they've done some things like they they'll put on the big board and these were for the, for the qualifying rounds and things, but they've done things like tonight's total attendance zero on the big board. <laughs> and um, uh, thanks for watching the game. Please be careful as you exit your couch on your way to bed. I love it. You know, um, and then the other day they had one where they actually put some um, some giant fans, actual like air circulating fans in the stands 
and then put thank you fans on the big board and did a close up on the fans in the stand. So, you know, again, they're putting their tongue in their cheek. Well, tonight, obviously, the guys that are running the board are have been there that whole time too. Right. And at one point, you know, during intermission, they called attention to the fact that at one point during the game, the board just said, still in overtime. <laughs> like at that point, it just, there's, there's nothing to, it's not used to having to have four overtime, five overtime. Like <laughs> everyone is just exhausted. I would like to say though, to your point about no fans, it does make me wonder how much crazier this game would have been for any fans had this been a normal se- season where you can have fans in attendance? Well, you'd, you'd be oh, able my god! You'd be able to tell who the diehards were. Oh, my god! Because after yes. that long, like, who the diehards were and or who the people were who relied on public transit, right? Yes. Because there are some people They're who stuck. have to leave by a certain time. And there are some people who are like, you know what? That's it. I've reached my wall. And some people are like, I'm staying. Talk about getting your money's worth for a ticket. That would no have kidding. been insane for anybody that was act if they were able to have fans to be a part of that and witness it live. But well, I you- tell you, I'm a capital season ticket holder, and every time we go to overtime, I stand up and yell, free hockey. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's talk about the Capitals, actually. You know, the Capitals taking on the Islanders. Game one starts Wednesday night. So coming up here on Lockdown Wizards, we'll get into that and more with Amy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Amy Rothenberger, host of Locked on Capitals here as we're having this Capitals-Wizards crossover. Amy, Wednesday afternoon, the Caps-Islanders face-off starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Game one. And actually, it's been moved to 3.10 because of the 11 a.m. game. Just they had so, to push just back so a little, they have, you know? a, have enough time. Make that sure they... extra 10 minutes could go a long way. You never know. It could. <laughs> And who knows, it may get pushed back even more, but scheduled for Wednesday afternoon, yes, 3.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's hope there are no more delays of any sort, but if so, that'd be an exciting reason. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of storylines here. You know, there's a a lot to look forward to for for the Capitals getting started versus the Islanders. Definitely curious to know your initial thoughts seeing this matchup, especially with two coaches that know each other. I'd like to say just you know, pretty well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think they might know each other pretty well. And I think um, at least one of the coach of the Islanders knows a lot about a lot of their opposing yeah. team's players really well. Although I was kind of looking through the docket. We'll, we'll start there. I was kind of looking through the docket. There have been a number of additions to the team that Barry Trotz doesn't know much about. Brendan Dillon, we picked up for our defense. Um, Nick Jensen is a new guy. Our most of our fourth line didn't work with trots. Right. 
So there's some degree of unfamiliarity there. Does he know what we have in our big guns? Well, of course he does. Does he know what he ha what we have in our goaltenders? Of course he does. And it'll be really interesting to me. I think that's that's going to be the through storyline for all of this is going to be Todd Reardon versus Barry Trotz. Mm -hmm. And it is really going to be a coaching battle. And what's interesting is, you know, I did some crossovers with my friends at Locked On Lightning and Locked On Flyers and Locked On Bruins when we were talking about the round robin games that preceded this round. And, you know, we talked about how they weren't really all that important. Yeah, they're playing for seating, but what does home ice really mean when there's no fans and you're right. not in your own barn? But here is where it gets interesting. Home ice also means you get last change. So that means that if Barry Trotz decides to put out X line and the line you have out there isn't quite the matchup you wanted to have, and you have home ice, you get to change out mm -hmm. and vice versa. And with these two coaches who know each other really well, that's going to be where the battle of wits lie, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. You know, it could be something that could become more strategic, you know, in that sense and be a game changer. But, you now, know, I'm, I'm, I also, I also think... And this is just a thought, and I and it's just my own thought, although I'm sure some other people have thought it as well. I think that there might be more than a few players that really didn't enjoy playing for Barry Trotz mm. and might kind of have a little chip on their shoulder. Yeah, he got him a cup, but he didn't get him a cup. They got a cup with him. That's a good point. And that's He's something that whenever – you know, going up against an old coach, you know, and or for a former colleague in, in the sense of two coaches that are going up against each other, you always have to wonder just how much is that? What was that dynamic like? Is this like a happy return of like, oh, yay, we used to be friends and now we're coaching against each other? Or is, is it a dynamic that on the outside maybe looks all kosher and looks like everything's great behind the scenes? There was some animosity or tension or, or some coaching disagreements or even for as you mentioned for the players with the coach that there may be you know that game becomes in a sense of rivalry instead of like uh you know a game that's just another game so well, I, I am definitely curious to know as they face off against each other if we'll see anything or or of course hear anything just to to give us any more of a clue as to sure, whether or not there's some and, tension there yeah and Todd Reardon has already said to the press you know what we had when we won the Stanley Cup, you know, we'll, that's something that we'll never forget. And it's a memory that we'll cherish forever and blah, 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 blah. And this isn't going to be me versus Barry. It's going to be the Capitals versus the Islanders. And, yeah, you can say that all you want, but that's not going to stop the media and you and I and everybody else from saying, hey, how are they going to handle each other? Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. Had this been 10 years ago. Right. Maybe that's one thing, but I mean, DC is still celebrating a lot of championships, including the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's, exactly. it's still very fresh in, in everyone's minds that he was a part of that. And, you know, there's definitely going to be that um, from the, for viewers and fans wondering just how much that'll play a factor into things, if at all. But I'm definitely interested to know your predictions on the series. What do you have? How many games do you have this going? And what are your overall predictions? 
I think this is overall a favorable matchup for the Capitals. I think it's probably one of the most favorable matchups we could have had. So that makes me happy and optimistic. I will I will say I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna bet against my capitals. I'm gonna not. say capitals in six. Okay. I think the Islanders will make it a series. I think the last time these two teams met in the playoffs was in 2015. And the Capitals beat the Islanders in their own barn. And it was the last game that was played at Nassau Coliseum before they closed it. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal. You know, the Caps closed down the Coliseum. Um, I think... The Islanders, as far as goal scorers go, they have a few. They don't have the depth Capitals do. And like most Barry Trotz coached teams, and this goes all the way back to when he was in Nashville for all those years, they are very, the Islanders are very much a defense-first team. Mm-hmm. They're not all that exciting to watch. And I think the key will be to solve that defense and Todd Reardon was the defensive coach under Trotz when he was, you know, when, when Trotz was with the Capitals. So I'm hoping that, you know, the leap to make, which is a short one is that he should be the one to be able to figure out what's going on on the defense on a Trotz coach team and be able to come up with a game plan to counter that. Right. Right. I think the I, I do think the Islanders have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They haven't been as successful as they've liked to have been ever since they lost John Tavares to the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Even though they say they don't need him anymore. <laughs> um, but I know I I gotta get my chirps in while I. I can. love it. I love it because that's something <laughs> that like definitely, even if you, regardless who you're a fan of we all know that you need him a little more than you're saying, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like so the optimism. The, you know, you got to be politically correct. Exactly. So, um, yeah, they, I think they'll make a series out of it. I don't think anybody's going to sweep anybody in this series. So I do think capitals in six. Okay. I was unless, gonna say, unless Ovi really gets a wild hair and decides to go off, then it might be five. Oh, okay. I do. I do think that as you touched on, actually the defensive side for the Islander Islanders, I think that's going to be something that actually will help make this series a little longer, but I think the caps are more talented. So in my opinion, they win it. Of course, I'm also not going to bet against them. Um, it's just a matter of if they win it in five or six or drag it out uh, for the fans to make it a seven game series. But no, I do I, think it, that I'd like they to have stay the away from here. game sevens. If at all possible at that point, it's anyone's series. It's anyone series. It's win or go home. And yeah. as a fan, it makes me sick to my stomach. I love game I lo- seven. I, if it's I not love it. I'm rooting for. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. I love to watch a game seven when I have no horse in the race. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Could not agree more. Well, you know, I thank you for joining us to talk about the Capitals and I'm Definitely interested to have you back on more as we continue talking around the NHL, specifically the playoffs as a whole and the league's return. So where can people follow you, Amy, to keep up with all of your content and your coverage, especially of the Caps as they're in the Stanley Cup playoffs, trying to get back 
trying to win another championship. So you can follow me on Twitter at Locked On Caps. Um, that's podcast handle. And you can follow me as an individual at Amy Rothenberger. You can send us an email at lockedoncaps at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, Locked On Capitals. And I do have another podcast that I don't do on a daily basis. We do it two, three times a month. It's me and my fellow season ticket holder, Julie. And that's a podcast where I swear and yell and scream and holler about all the hockey that's happening and not just the Capitals. So if you want to hear that side of me, you can go to at Pucker Up Podcast on Twitter or um, go to our website, PuckerUpPod.com. Perfect. Thank you, Amy, so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. And thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Locked on Wizards here. Please sure to hit that subscribe button. Follow the show daily for our latest content and updates. We've got Amy Rothenberger back again tomorrow to discuss the return of the NHL and her thoughts on the overall league and its format so far that we've seen. And we've got more to get into this week, of course, around the Wizards and around so many more topics. So I can't tell you all about them now. You'll have to come back to hear the latest. Right here on Locked on Wizards, I'm your host, Renee Washington. Have a good one. Let's go, Caps! And Washington, out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.